It's that time. Welcome to the Time to Man Up podcast. And here's your host, Sean Hess. Then it's time for another episode of the Time to Man Up podcast. I am so glad that you are here with us because today, in this episode, we are talking about something that I am very passionate about. And it has nothing to do with sports, though I'm very passionate about my sports. But has anyone ever done something for you, something kind for you, without asking anything in return? I mean, maybe it was bringing you over a meal or mowing your lawn, whatever it was, but they just did something kind for you. And just because there was no reason, it wasn't your birthday, it wasn't special uh, date or anything, they just did something nice for you. Uh, The importance of acts of kindness have always been important to me. Uh, I'm grateful for a mom and dad that raised me knowing the importance of doing kind things for people, not with a motivation ever to get anything back for it. So I wanted to spend some time in this episode and talk about acts of kindness, talk about how we can show people the love of Jesus Christ through simple acts of kindness. The book Conspiracy of Kindness by Steve Shogren is one of my favorite books. I'm not a big fan of reading. Sorry, mom. I just have never been a big fan of reading. I read it for my job to prepare for sermons I read, uh, but it wasn't like if I've got spare time, I'm not going to like go pick up a book and read it. Now, my wife, she will knock out a thick book. I mean, I'm talking a thick book and she will knock it off in a day. I mean, I might get a chapter in. I love those little thin books that authors come out with. And I'm like, that's a man book, right? But I just, I've never been that much of a reader. But when I find a book that I really enjoy, I can't put it down. And Conspiracy of Kindness, though it's an older book, it was one of those books back when I read it, when it first came out, that really just impacted my life. If you want to get better at showing acts of kindness, then you need to read Conspiracy of Kindness. In that book, Shogren emphasized the fact that acts of kindness are how we as believers can show people Jesus. You know, it's one thing to tell people about Jesus. It's another thing to show them Jesus, to demonstrate God's love. And often when we do those acts of kindness, they come with a sacrifice, right? Acts of kindness are seldom free. And often the sacrifice is as simple as time or money. Now, there are other sacrifices. I mean, I've done some acts of kindness for people that were hard labor. I mean, right? You look at these hands, these are desk hands. I mean, I do not have rugged and rough man hands. Sorry if that loses me a point, men, but I've got like uh, pretty soft hands. Now I go out there and work, but you know, when you got soft hands and you go work, you know what you end up doing? Getting about five to 10 blisters all over your hand, right? I mean, it doesn't take me long with a shovel before If I'm not wearing gloves, I've worked up a blister. And then all of a sudden, 
uh, that pain just stays with you and it's all sensitive when it all breaks free. But when we do an act of kindness, there is some kind of sacrifice. Now, I want to read for you what I would say is one of the most significant passages in the entire word of God. So I've got your attention right because you're thinking, what is this guy going to say? I hear guys say all the time, this is one of my favorite passages. And I feel like they say it like all the time, right? There are some preachers that'll be like, oh, this is my favorite passage. This is my favorite. And you're like, how many favorite passages do you have? Well, I've got a lot of favorite passages too. But this is one that for the church and for a believer It rates up there. I'm not going to rate a verse because I think that would be nearly impossible to say one is better than another. But in Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 to 40, it says this, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, Jesus says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. The book of Mark adds strength. So your heart, soul, your mind, and your strength. That means your entire being, you're going to love God with all of that. He says, this is the first and the greatest commandment. And there's a second commandment. So that's number one. Number one commandment, love God with everything. And then the second one is like it. He says, I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, in loving our neighbor, what are we doing? We're loving God. He says, what you do to the least of these, you do to me. And so by loving our neighbor, we are showing our love for God. And then he makes the statement on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So what Jesus is saying is if you want to be obedient to God's word, if you want to follow God's word, if you want to be able to keep the commandments, then love God and love your neighbor. Because if you do those things, you're going to get everything else right. I mean, I'll just pull adultery out of there. If, if you love your neighbor, you don't sleep with their wife, right? I mean, you don't do those. If you love your neighbor, you don't lie. You don't cheat. What we do is we say, I'm not going to have another God before you, God, because I love you. And so those things that I love, I'm going to be willing to put to the side. And so when we look at acts of kindness, we have to understand that the foundation of acts of kindness is loving God and loving our neighbor. That's how we understand. So acts of kindness allow us to show our love for God and our love for others. And what I know is this, every day, every day that you live, every day that you take a breath presents you with a vast amount of opportunities to show people God's love through acts of kindness. All you have to do is step outside your home and there are opportunities there. I will share some of those later. We'll get to the specifics of the acts of kindness, but um, it's limitless in, in what you can do. But I want you to understand this. People have to be taught. It doesn't come natural. 
doing acts of kindness is not easy for most people. My parents taught me how to do it. I mean, right? We know this. A child is born selfish. Everybody does everything for them. A a baby can't eat without somebody feeding them. And so from the very beginning, that child is taught to be selfish because everybody does everything for them. We have to then teach them to be selfless. And I would say this, that one of the greatest struggles in life that we have as people, as Christians, is the battle between selfish and selfless. Selfish is our humanness, our sinfulness, our old nature. Selflessness is the example that Jesus gave us. It's what God desires of us. And so my parents had to take me from being a selfish baby to learning how to be selfless. And those lessons were not always easy. There was a time when I was young in high school and uh, I had quit playing baseball. And so I really missed it because I loved baseball, but uh, I had quit playing. And so I thought, well, I'm going to go play church softball and uh, showed up. And oh my goodness, I mean, I was a decent player, but I sure didn't feel that way because I sat the bench all the time. I mean, I never got in. And uh, then if I got in, it was like catcher or right field. And sorry if you play catcher or right field, but those are the positions that usually you put your weaker players. And I'm like looking who's out in the field. And I'm like, am I that bad? And so my dad saw that I was getting frustrated. And I remember one time my dad even like my dad was playing first base and, and, and he was frustrated and he said, you're playing for me next inning. And I'm like, Oh crap. <laughs> you know, I, I'm now, I'm not going to catch or right field. I'm going to first base where a lot of plays have to come through you. And I remember that. And I just, I appreciated my dad for doing that because I knew what he was feeling. And, and, and uh, that meant the world to me that he would take that step and, you know, basically say, you're going in for me. Even if the coaches don't like it, you're going in for me. And uh, <clears throat> one of the, there were two guys that were the coaches there. One I worked for, which was tricky. And uh, the other one was just a person that uh, he thought he was better than he really was. And uh, he always played himself at shortstop and uh, he wasn't really that good but he was still living in what maybe he missed out in glory days and out on the softball field, he was living that out. And uh, God always has a plan. And his plan was pretty crazy with this one because um, I was frustrated. I mean, I was to the point of, I'm just going to quit playing church softball. I mean, right. If you can't play church softball, then man, you have maybe reached the low of lows, but I just thought I'm done with this. It's too frustrating. And, uh, my mom and dad sat me down and they said, Hey, listen, what you need to do is you need to do something kind for him. You need to demonstrate God's love to him. And I remember thinking, have you gone mad mom and dad? That is the dumbest advice I have ever heard. 
I mean, I thought that was ludicrous that this guy that is tormenting me, that is making me feel so minuscule (laughs) that I'm like, why would I do something nice for him? So I thought about it and I don't even remember how long, but I know it wasn't like an instant. Oh yeah. Great idea. Mom and dad. But I finally came to the realization was, okay, now listen, I'm working at a grocery store. I'm not making 285 an hour, something like that. Now, again, back then things didn't cost as much, but uh, I'm not making a lot of money. And uh, I said, okay, let's do this. So it was a few weeks later. um, This guy was in my dad's Sunday school that he taught. And my dad came and talked to me and he goes, hey, this family isn't going to be able to go to our church event because they they can't pay for uh, child care. They can't pay for a babysitter. And they had three kids, a uh, daughter and two sons. And I thought, man. And my dad wasn't saying do this. He was just telling me that. Now, maybe in his back of his mind, he had that as a plan. I don't know. Maybe he manipulated me. Um, But I think he was just saying, hey, you know, here's a situation. And so I remember going and saying, hey, I think I want to do something. What does that look like? And they said, well, um, God says that you should do things without people knowing and, and that God will bless you more than anything and, and so they emphasize the importance and here I'm telling it on my podcast and I've told it before, uh, in groups of men, but, um, they said, what I would do is put money on it in an envelope, cash in an envelope and put it on their car some Sunday night at church. And, uh, back then I think it was like 25, $30 or something like that for, for, for babysitting the three kids. I can't remember what it was, but anyway, um, yeah, making 285 an hour after taxes that it was probably about 10 to 15 hours worth of work for me to do that. And (laughs) kind of amazing when you think about it. Right. And, um, I put the money in the envelope and I waited till everybody had gone into church and I kind of snuck out and put it on their, in their car wind windshield. And, uh, I mean, we, we, our church was like right downtown. So fortunately nobody took it off there. And, uh, it was like stealth mission, right? I kind of was like energized by trying to get out there without anybody seeing me. Uh, but man, when, when my mom and dad shared with me the next week in Sunday school, this man and his wife, they're praising God about somebody giving them money so that now they could go to the Sunday school event. And guys, that changed my perspective on that man and that family. And here's what's interesting. Later on, I would go back to my home church and serve three years as a youth pastor. And do you know who was in my youth group? His oldest daughter. She was one of the people we were able to have an impact on. And that was really cool. And then God just brought it full circle where I was able to do some things to minister to this man. And I just thought, man, thank you, God, for leading me to do that because it changed the whole direction of that relationship. One of my greatest joys, guys, is when 
my kids do an act of kindness without prompting me. One time I was gone and, and my wife said to me, man, she goes, your kids have learned. And she shared with me a story about how my kids had helped somebody in a wall. I think it was Walmart parking lot. Cause I'm known to if somebody's struggling to get something in their car at Walmart, I will go over and help them. And you got to make sure to announce yourself. So they don't think you're some strange dude coming up to them to, to rob them or something. But um, when I heard that my kids did that, man, that made me so excited. And part of that was I've included them when I would try to help somebody get their bike in their car. Have you ever noticed how many people try to fit a bike or a TV in a car that there's no way it's going to work and you've got to figure those things out? I wanted for my kids, I wanted it to come natural for them to do acts of kindness. I didn't want it to be where it had to always be planned, but it could be like you're just out and you see an opportunity and you take advantage of it. So when they left home and went out on their own, I wanted them to continue that so that they would pass that on even to their kids. Because remember, we were born selfish and everyone has to learn to be selfless. So that's what we battle with. But I also wanted my kids to know this because my mom and dad taught me this. Did things change on the softball team? Not really. It wasn't for another year before they finally started playing me. And they were like, hey, he can kind of run and he can catch and he can hit. Let's play this kid. And I'm like, I've been trying to tell you that, right? But my mom and dad, they taught me, don't expect anything in return. Guys, our motivation should be to show God's love, not to get something back for it. And so I wanted my kids to know, do these things not to get something, but just to give and to show God's love. An act of kindness is done with no expectations. There are people that do good things for people with the sole purpose of what they can get for it. I'll tell you what, when you do nice things for people and then just walk away, they don't even know what to do because they're like, man, they didn't ask for anything. They didn't ask for money, they didn't, whatever. It's amazing. And so we need to be willing to do that. It's even neat in our neighborhood that we live now. We talk about this with a couple of us guys and how uh, when you do something kind for somebody, like we would not want anybody to do something kind for us, but we would want to do it for everybody else. And a lot of people are like that where you just, you'll do it, but you don't want to receive it because we're not good receivers, right? And my mom trained me, you just need to say thank you. That's all you got to do. But it's harder to receive than it is to give a lot of times. Now, there are some people that are selfish and they love to give and, and they never want to give. They just want to receive it themselves. But in our neighborhood, we talked about that we're neighbors. And when somebody has a need, we want to help them. We want to do that. And there's no expectation of anything in return. If I go mow your lawn, I'm not expecting you to come weed my flower bed. I'm just doing it because I want to do that for you. As a Christian, it takes a whole new perspective. I'm not just doing it to do it for you. I'm doing it because I want you to see Jesus. I want you to see Jesus. I want to demonstrate God's love for you. So when people ask me why I did it, I tell them that very same thing. I'm doing this for you because God loves you. And because God loves you, I love you. And that may sound really like corny, but I'll tell you what, 
it impacts people. So I want to tell you a story here, and I don't want to stretch this episode out too long, but this was a great story. My wife and I were out at Sam's Club, and uh, our Sam's Club was down toward uh, a bigger city, and uh, it was night. It was dark outside, and uh, when we came out of Sam's Club, there was this couple and they were trying to get this futon put into this car that there's no way it was going to fit. I mean, there was no way it was going to fit. And my wife has been with me long enough that she knows I do crazy nutty things. And man, Jamie, thank you. I am blessed because she puts up with me when I do these things. And sometimes I don't remember to ask her a question, but I went over to see if they needed any help trying to get it in. And so we tried to wrestle with that thing a little bit and it was clear that we were not going to get that to fit in the car. So I said, guys, I'll be right back. So I went over to my wife and she says, I already know what you're going to ask. Sure. Let's do it. I'm like, that's an awesome wife, right? So she knew the minute I went over there and we couldn't get that that futon in their car, she knew that I was going to offer to load it in my vehicle because my vehicle was big enough to put it in there and that we were going to take that to their home. Now, the problem is we didn't know where they lived. And so I'm offering this, not knowing anything about it. And uh, so I'm like, Hey guys, we would love to drive this to your home. I know it's kind of strange having a stranger, like load up your futon that you just bought and hoping that they actually don't steal it. And I said, here's my information. Here's my phone number. Just in case something happens, you guys have it. And uh, they were grateful. And as we got in our cars and we're following them, I mean, we are going downtown big city and we are going into not a nice area of town. My wife is starting to get a little worried and in all honesty, I'm pretty good in most environments. And I was wondering where in the world am I taking my wife to? And, uh, we went into this really rundown neighborhood and they pulled into their driveway and I backed in so we could unload the futon and they had Cujo one and Cujo two. I mean, they had a couple pit bulls that scared me to death, man. I mean, they were going at the door. They were wanting out. And I'm like, God, I don't think you brought me down here to have this be my last act on this earth. But um, the guy went in and he put the the dogs in a room. And I'm telling you, I thought they were going to bash through that door, man. I mean, they were just banging on it, banging on it. And I'm like, okay, help me to like show Jesus to these people. So we get the futon unloaded and, and, and they're like, thank you very much. I said, Hey, I said, let me help you get this into, to your house. I said, I'm more than happy to do that inside. I'm thinking, please say no, please say no, because I'm scared to death. And, uh, so we got the futon in and uh, then I said, bye and shared them. You know, they said, we're so appreciative. And I said, well, I just want you to know God loves you. And that's why I do stuff like this, because I want you to know that God loves you. And his son died on the cross so that you could have life. Now, I knew I probably would never see them again, but I just wanted them to know that. 
and they probably walked away thinking I was some crazy dude. Um, but as we left that, my wife and I are just driving away thinking that was not what we expected tonight. But guys, God is amazing. And when we do those acts of kindness, it's all about taking advantage of them. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 to 15, and I did a, a sermon on this one time, but it says this, for you were called to freedom. And, and what he's doing is he's saying to believers, because he says brothers, you were called to freedom, brothers. You were called to freedom from your sin. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. He's like, don't make your freedom about yourself. Make your freedom about your opportunity to love each other. And it says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. So guys, as believers, it is our opportunity to serve one another, to love one another, right? As we love our neighbor, we serve our neighbor. So we're called to this freedom. He says, you, you, you were selfish. You were all about yourself, but now I want you to live a life that is selfless. And when he gives this command, it's twofold. There's a negative side of it. Don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But there's a positive side of it. Uh, that through love be servants to one another. So we've got this, don't give opportunity to the flesh, but love one another, be servants of one another. And that's the positive negative of this freedom that we have. You take that freedom. And just as when we taught our kids how to show act of kindness, when they went out, they had to choose. Am I going to use my freedom to show people Jesus? Or am I going to use my freedom for my own selfish personal desires? And then to support that twofold command, he gives us a positive and negative with an incentive on love. And he says, in, in doing this positively, for the whole law is fulfilled, one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's the positive side of it. But the negative side of it is if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you are not consumed by one another. Men, acts of kindness are an opportunity for us to show God's love to people. What are some acts of kindness? I told you I was going to get back to it. And as I wrap this up, I want to share some. Guys, acts of kindness can be weeding someone's flower bed. I start there because it's something I can't stand to do. And so it's it's funny, guys, because when you do acts of kindness, and I, I've, I've shared this before. I don't know if on the podcast, but I hate washing dishes. And so... Um, I just hate how your hands get wrinkly. And so for a majority of our early years of marriage, we didn't have a dishwasher for a long time. I mean, maybe around 97, 98. So about eight years of our marriage, uh, we didn't have a dishwasher. And so we had to wash our dishes and man, when my hands get pruny, it drives me crazy. And so I bought some latex rubber gloves because I thought, you know what? I'm going to show my wife how much I love her and I'm going to wash dishes. I dried them usually. I just didn't like to wash them. Now, I like wash dishes all the time. And I'm like, oh, there's some dishes laying around. Let's wash them. So I guess I've gotten tougher. But um, weeding, I don't love weeding. And some of these weeds we have down here where we live now, it's like wrestling match, right? 
I mean, I'm like tugging on those things. I'm getting blisters on my fingers because they're like dug in and they're like, we are not leaving this flower bed. But when we do things like that, people know most people do not like to weed. And so when you are willing to go weed for them, it's like, wow, that's amazing. Another act of kindness. Let someone move in front of you in the checkout line. And I'll tell you this, it's easy when they only have two items. Try letting somebody move in front of you when they have a cart full. I mean, that's hard, right? Another act of kindness that I don't have the opportunity anymore now that we've moved to Florida, but leaf raking in October is awesome opportunity or snow removal. Thank goodness. I don't have that opportunity anymore. Um, I wouldn't mind snow sometimes, but I'm glad not to have it. And uh, for you up North, good for you. Um, I'm fine after all my years, not having snow, but that is a great opportunity for an act of kindness. Uh, even, uh, I mean, uh, when I was in Michigan, our neighbor had this massive snowblower. It was awesome. And so she worked pretty long in the day. So when I got home, I would go over and get her snowblower. She had given me the code for her garage and I would get her snowblower and I would do her driveway and then I would do ours. And then I would just start going down the street and doing people's driveways. And like part of it was because I wanted to do something good for people and show them Jesus. And another part was I just loved using the snowblower because it was a beast, man. It was awesome. Um, but we got to do a lot of uh, community, like uh, Christmas cookies, great opportunity, meals for neighbors. Uh, we love during Christmas being able to take Christmas cookies to people. And one year we did our entire street, which was a lot of, of, of houses. My wife cooked a lot of, made a lot of cookies, baked, I guess it's not cooked, it's baked. But she baked a lot of cookies and we, we distributed those. And uh, it was really cool. And we just said, you know, at this season, when we celebrate the gift that Jesus, uh, that God gave us through Jesus Christ, uh, we want to give you a gift. Um, and that was those cookies and it was neat, the feedback. And even like people started giving us stuff that we didn't even know who they were, uh, that had received cookies from us. Um, other things we can do, pick up trash in your community, send an encouraging text to someone that's so easy to do. If you know a couple that has children, a young couple watch their kids so they can have a night out. When my wife and I had young kids, only one time did somebody do that for us. And well, as I say that, I think two times, but two times isn't that many times. And uh, we were so blessed when they did that. Now, one time we came home to find our entire living room reorganized. I mean, they shifted all of our furniture. And I was like, they will never watch our kids again. <laughs> and uh, I was grateful for it, but I did not expect to come home and have all of our furniture moved around. It was pretty funny. It wasn't funny at the time, though, but now it's funny. Uh, but we have the opportunity to have people over for game night and dinner. We just did that recently. It was awesome. Guys, you can wash people's cars. Uh, you can buy someone a coffee, a soft drink, or if you're like me, you can buy them a Slurpee. Uh, but look for those opportunities. Invite someone to sit with you at a restaurant, and if you have the money, pay for their meal. Uh, but I love to be able to, if there's somebody at a restaurant, man, go sit with them. If, if those are great opportunities. Uh, one of the best things you can do as an act of kindness is smile at people. People don't smile that much. 
smile. The list goes on and on. But here's the challenge. Parents, teach your kids to do it so that it becomes natural. Guys, have a monthly challenge on your calendar. It can be seasonal. Uh, if you live up north, have October be. We're going to go rake leaves for a couple families. In the winter, we're going to shovel snow. Whatever it is, come up with an idea. Invite others to join you in the challenge. Include other people so that you multiply that influence. The more we do it, the more natural it becomes. But always ask permission before you just do it. Because the last thing you want to do is do something that you weren't supposed to do. I mean, especially you're going to wash somebody's car. Make sure they know what you're using on it because uh, there's some pretty nice cars out there and uh, some people that are particular on how it gets washed. So make sure that you're respecting people's property and what you're doing. But take advantage of every opportunity to show God's love to people. And guys, you don't need a church-wide event to do it. But hey, if your church doesn't do acts of kindness, introduce them to it. And make sure you go out and you check out Conspiracy of Kindness. Great book by Stephen Shogren. Make sure to check it out. Men, it's time. It's time to man up.